We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Greetings and salutations. So good to see you here. Welcome back to another audio adventure on Insight with Chris Van Vliet. Yeah, the full title there, Insight with Chris Van Vliet. I am Chris Van Vliet, and so good to welcome Soraya to the show. Perhaps you know her as Paige in WWE. She just made her debut in AEW. Man, what a month it's been for her. The AEW debut, then a few weeks later, she gets cleared to wrestle for the first time in five years. She's pumped about it. I think I speak for all wrestling fans when I say that we're so excited to see what she can do in there. Oh, man, I can't wait. We talk about how all of that came together. We also get into the highs and the lows that she's experienced over the last decade or so, both as Soraya and as Paige. Her story is amazing. I mean, you have seen her story if you've seen the movie Fighting With My Family, you know, the one with The Rock. So, you know her story is amazing, and she's done so much. She's only 30 years old, so there is so much more for her to do. So I can't wait to see what's next for her. It would mean a ton to me if you clicked subscribe wherever you're listening to this right now, and also if you took a screenshot and you shared this episode with a friend. If you happen to post that screenshot on social media, just make sure to tag us so that we can share it out as well. She is at Soraya. I'm at Chris Fanfleet. Let's do this thing. Please welcome the one, the only, Soraya. There she is. Hello. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. And apologies for everyone watching. I promise you, I'm not looking at myself the whole time. I have multiple screens in here. I like to stream. So, you know, one computer for gaming and the other for... But, Long story short, I'm going to be looking off to the side because I need to focus on Chris. I like how your the lighting goes in and out depending on how much you move your hands around. Okay, so right now... It's California, dark when you do that. Okay, so sorry, I am a hand mover. But um, right now, no, it's, good. it's really gloomy outside because it's raining. So I have like the ring light. I really need to step up my lighting game in here, if I'm being honest. I, I'm a streamer and I don't know how lighting works. So here we go. But I'm this trying my good. best. The one day in LA that it rains all year. I know. I love it when it rains, though. I love it. It's so, like, uh, it's like a comfort thing. I'm from England. It always rains over there. So, yeah, so it feels like home for you. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. funny, though, because nobody can drive here when it rains. Oh, no. Everyone just every, falls apart. I will not get in a car and go out there because no one knows how to drive. It's like snow in other parts of the world, which is understandable. You know, you're sliding around and driving in yeah. snow here. It's just... Well, People are freaking out. Rings. It's always just really hot all the time. I know. Yeah. So you said you're gaming and you're streaming. What, what games are you are you on right now? So right now I'm playing um, Fortnite. Um, I love that. I only just started getting into the swing of things with that. I've been playing that for about a month right now with some of my online buddies. So um, I'm having a wild time with that, though. I did want to try Call of Duty, but I'm just not very good at it. That's my boyfriend's thing. He'll play that. Do you play I I'm, I don't really game that much. I really don't. Oh, really? I, it's been a long... I, so I was very big on, you know, the game. I grew up in the 90s. So like it was Mario 3 and yeah. NHL and Blades of Steel and NBA Jam. But yeah, it's been so long now. So good to see you back in a wrestling ring. Thank you. Yeah. 
So I never thought I'd see the day where I'd be back in a wrestling ring, especially in a physical capacity. That day was never going to come for me. By the way, apologies for the viewers, but you can't be that mad at me. I have two dogs. People love dogs. But they, they, they get, he's a puppy, so he's going to be a little... Oh, it's so dark. We can barely see. He's all black, too. So it's like black carpet, black dog. He's chewing up <laughs> one of my slippers, actually. He's being very sweet and chewing up my stuff for me before I can. Oh, how uh, nice. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it feels really good to be back uh, in, a, in the wrestling world in general, like before I even knew that I was going to be completely cleared to wrestle. Um, it was just really nice to be in, in a new world too of AEW. Um, everyone is so sweet and so fantastic. And they're kind of holding my hand throughout the whole thing. They welcomed me with open arms. Like I'm having a fantastic time. And now I get to wrestle too. Miracles can happen. So the last time that I interviewed you, I was like, you know, Daniel Bryan, he came mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's hope for you to come back. And in that time, then Edge came back. And I know they're different injuries, but yeah. was there ever a point where you did lose hope and you're like, man, it's not going to happen for me? Well, when I got told that I couldn't wrestle anymore and that the, the, the thing that was causing me the issue is that there was no fluid around my spinal cord. Uh, a couple of points of my neck where the, the, you know, the first surgery was and the second surgery, like there was no fluid there. And so if I was to get even like a little kick or, or you know, an accident to happen, like I could be completely paralyzed. So in my head back then, I had come to the terms with the fact that I'm probably never going to be able to wrestle anymore, or at least for a very, very long time. Like I didn't have my hopes up to wrestle. Um, but, you know, when... Edge did come back. I was like, nine years, okay. Nine years is doable. I'll still be kind of young by then, you know? And so, um, you know, going into AEW, there wasn't really a plan of like me to wrestle straight away. And what people get confused about is that they think AEW doctors just cleared me to wrestle and that was that. Mm. They weren't the ones that cleared me to wrestle. They told me I couldn't take a bone until I get like full scan of absolutely everything. So, um, you know, the first physicality, we didn't really ask permission. We kind of just did it. So then the doctors were like, yeah, I mean, do that. Just don't take a bump, please. So they were giving us the okay to do the physicality, limited physicality. Yeah. But like once you get the taste of it and what, just come back to wrestling in general, it's just like, man, I want to do more than just speaking on a microphone or doing things backstage. I'm like, I probably will be able to do something. If I can do this small physicality, maybe I'm able to do a little bit more. So I asked Tony about it. And at first he was like, well, maybe we can do tag matches depending on how cleared you are, you know, kind of like how we do with Sting. And I was just like, yeah, but like if I was to come back, I would want it to be like a singles match. I feel like that's such a, that's a, that's a bigger deal. Not that I didn't want to work with the rest of the girls. I was just like, if I wanted to come back, I just had this dream in my head that it would be a singles match. Yeah. And so um, I took it upon myself to be like, all right, I'm going to go to a non like wrestling doctor, nothing to do with WWE, nothing to do with AEW, just a doctor that's like, doesn't have like, is I know doctors aren't supposed to be biased, but in my head, there's, there's zero bias. If I go to someone outside of wrestling, because this time around, if I was potentially able to get cleared, I would want it to be because I'm a hundred percent ready to go. Not because they're like, well, maybe we can squeeze her in these and these matches. Like, I know I want to be 100% ready. I want to go to a doctor that works with NFL, NBA, singers, like uh, actors, just all these massive people where like, if he was to clear me, it would be because I'm, again, I'm 100% ready to go because he wouldn't want his job to be. Yeah. And this is your health we're talking about. Exactly. Like, I don't want to come back and be like, okay, I can be paralyzed. And so um, this time around, I wanted to do things the, the right way where I protected myself a lot more. So Halloween, I went to um, this fantastic neurosurgeon and um, he did the x-ray and I already had x-rays done a couple of years before and they were looking good, but you can't really get a full, you know, image of your neck by just an x-ray. That's just the bone part. Like you want to see ligaments, you want to see fluid, you want to see everything. And that's kind of what the MRI does. It shows you the inside of your body, right? So um, he was like, okay, the x-ray is looking good. I'm not seeing any kind of, um, sorry, but my dog. This is great. <laughs> Bring all um, the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I just constantly walk around. He's sitting down now. 
but he was like, I'm not seeing any fractures. Your, um, your fusions are looking fantastic. They look like they're fully fused. Um, but let's triple check. Let's get the MRI. This is the CT scan so we can get like a full deep nitty gritty look at how your neck, neck is. Right. So I was like, all right. And I was like, he's probably not going to get it done today. Right. And he was just like, all right, we can set it up for ASAP, go downstairs, get your MRI, go across the street, get your CT scan. Um, my dog does not want to sit down. Oh my gosh. Sit down, buddy. Sit down, please. Please. Oh, good. He's, he's a puppy. Names? He's eating everything. I'm sorry. What are their names? Aussie and lobster. Lobster. This lobster. Like... Here comes lobster. Oh my hey, God. lobster. Please sit down. No, my other dog just threw up. It's the whole thing here. My boyfriend's in the studio, so usually he takes my dogs, like well, our dogs. I'm sorry, and like keeps them quiet. Oh, this, is, this is a boat. I thought I was just going to be talking to you. you <laughs> I mean, no, you get you get the three for one over here. Um, so sorry. Let me go back to the story again. So we get everything done. Um, he brings me back upstairs, and then he was just like, he looks at it, and okay, so I've seen a few of my MRIs now, and I'm fully aware of like. I'm not saying I'm a doctor of any kind and I know how to perfectly read them, but I saw where I wasn't, I didn't have any fluid. And this time around, I see that there's nothing like it on my neck. So I'm just like, am I like reading this right? Or does that look like there's fluid around my spinal cord? So then the doctor straight away was just like, your neck looks fantastic. And I'm like, what? He was like, there's, you got all your fluid back around your spine. I'm like, what? After five years, he was like, yeah, it's a quick time, but you did it. He was just like, you, so you have all the fluid around your spine. Again, your fusions look fantastic. He said the top one um, is nearly like a hundred percent fused. It's just a tiny bit where like, you know, where there's a little bit of wiggle room, but he's not worried about it. You know, like that's not going to hinder me in any way, shape or form. But he was like, the most important part is, is that you have your fluid around your spinal cord. So I said to him, I was like, well, what are the odds of me being paralyzed now? Because that's the thing that was holding me back. Not the fusions, because my neck wasn't hundred percent fused when I came back the first time. And it's perfectly fine this time around. And then the top one is like 99% there, right? And so he was like, um, oh, it's very rare. He was like, now you have all that cushion around your spinal cord. He was yeah. like, if something does happen where someone does kick you, the most that, that will happen is what happened before, or you'll get like a little pain. And then you just take some time away. He was like, but you know your body, you know what to do, you know what not to do. Um, he was like, but I trust that you can go in there. He was like, if you were in the NFL, and you had to do like, you know, football games where you have to charge at each other, like full pelt and stuff. You'd be like, probably not. But he was like, but I trust that you could go in there and limit what you want to do and, and adjust what you need. And he was like, um, he was just like, your neck is, is great. It's in, it's in great health. And I, I put that to the fact that like the last five years, I've been nothing but healthy, being sober, going to the gym, um, just leading a very, very healthy lifestyle. Um, my boyfriend is is kind of like the one that kind of kickstarted that for me too. Like he was the one who was like, we should not drink anymore. I had already been sober by drugs at that point. But he was like, we should not drink anymore. We should um, not vape. <laughs> I was vaping. <laughs> we should not vape anymore. We should eat cleaner. So we should go back to the gym. So he kind of was the one that ignited that fire. So I thank him a lot because I feel like if it was five or so years ago and I was still in Orlando and partying and stuff like that, I don't think yeah. my neck would be as healthy as it is now. You know, so, so I'm not saying what, a like, green drink is going to make my neck full healthy, but I'm saying like I'm less likely to do something stupid, you know, if I'm not, if I'm sober. You know? So your body essentially healed itself over time? Yeah. Wow. In five years. I couldn't believe it. I was like, everyone's body feels differently. I know that like Cena had his neck surgery and within a couple of weeks, he was back in the ring again, right? Or something like that. Edge, it took nine years for him to finally come back to the ring. So, and I just thought mentally for a while, I couldn't do it because I was too scared. But also I just didn't know how far my neck had came compared to how, how it was when it first got uh, injured. So I was very fortunate in a way that my neck healed the way it did. I mean, I was, I couldn't believe it. I cried my eyes out. I called my family straight away. Um, I FaceTimed them and they're all crying and stuff because family, like wrestling is our life, you know, and for somebody to like, you know, have their career taken away from it at such a young age with, without, you know, an end in sight when it comes to it is, is just, it's a, it's a miracle. It's absolutely fantastic. So I was 
just over the moon. And then one of the first people I text to was Mercedes, Sasha Banks, because Sasha went through a lot too. She wasn't the one that was hurt, but she was the one who accidentally ended someone's career. And she went through a lot mentally, like social media were cruel to her. And then it it just messed her up in general because she was just like, I can't believe that happened. And it was a freak accident. You know, wrestling is wrestling. You're going to get hurt eventually. Luckily, if you you don't, you know, in your whole career, you don't get hurt. That's a miracle in itself. But it happens. And uh, I just wanted her to be one of the first people to know that. I was like, I'm back. You don't have to stress anymore. Like, I'm back. Like, you didn't end it. I'm good. I'm back. And she was just over the moon. She was so happy. And um, she was very pleased for me. She was very encouraging. And I just, I like the fact that it kind of took all that weight off her shoulders too. You guys should probably have a match now. That's what I said. You know, my, like, so I really wanted to have that match with Sasha. Like I wanted to have that rematch with her where, because we have a built-in story, you know, yeah. Um, so I really wanted that, but she's kind of going down her own path and stuff now doing her own thing. You don't know where she's going to be. Um, she has an exciting life going on right now. I'm very pleased. And like, she's building her career outside of wrestling too. You know, it's awesome. Uh, and, and Naomi. So it's really, it's really cool to see, but you know, I get to face Brit too, which I've always wanted to face Brit. And then in this brand new company as well, um, and the crazy part is, is that she's always been like a big fan of mine. I've seen the interviews, but I've seen them all. She was a, she, she was a fan of mine. So it's kind of like a cool that I get to have like a comeback story with her. Yeah. And, um, and she's so supportive. So I'm excited. I'm excited to have that match. One day I'll have my match with Sasha though. What an October for you though. You I make, know. Uh, you debut in AEW and then you also find out you're cleared to wrestle. Like, oh my God. Roller coaster, I'm telling you. Like, but like how I mean it can't get any better than this for you, I would think. Exactly. Like I was I was like, okay, so I'm still focusing on things outside of wrestling and kind of building Soraya up as a brand rather than you know, age and being a wrestler and stuff like that. So I was always I'm still in the mindset of still building that, but it's so good to be able to do something that I've been in love with my whole life. And just, I mean, doing it a hundred percent too. Like I can go in there. I'm not saying I'm going to be doing a hundred percent of the things. I'm not going to be going crazy. You know, I'm not going to be doing like, you know, but I wasn't like a huge, you know, I didn't come off my feet a lot anyway when I was wrestling, but um, yeah, I'm not going to be doing too crazy because the thing that I love to do the most back then is I love to take a bump. I love to take people's stuff. I love to, uh, bump mostly on the back of my neck. So we have to adjust that. <laughs> so, uh, I have to adjust that to like a regular flat back bump and try to adjust it. Like, so it completely protects myself. Um, even if my neck is hundred percent, um, just because I want to be smarter this time around. Have you taken a bump since you've got this news? Yeah. So there's, there's a, um, school around here in California that I've been going to and, um, I've already taken Rikishi one school. Uh, Rikishi's school? Is no, not Rikishi's school. No, it's uh, Santino Bros. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just go in there and, like, getting some ring rust off. And then also at AEW um, on Wednesdays, you know, um, people go there at, like, 10 a.m. in the morning to train a little bit and stuff. So get in there just getting some ring rust off by hitting the ropes and rolling around and stuff like that. But yeah, the first bump that you take after five years, <laughs> you're like, I'm not a big callus anymore. Like my body is fragile um, because you couldn't really like, you couldn't really feel it as much back then. So I was wrestling like nearly every single day for, yeah. since I was 13 years old. I never really had any time off. So it was literally like I was one giant scab. And then all of a sudden your body's completely healed. And you're like, what did I do for so long? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a wild feeling. but. Um, I'm getting used to it again. What a what a wild story. Yeah. All of this is because at 25, the thing that you love more than anything is taken away from you against your control. And then you're faced with like, now what do I do? You yeah. know, not many people retire at 25. Right. And then you're right. faced with like, well, now what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Yeah. When you'd already been doing that thing, which is crazy to say, for half of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to like. I have to rebuild Soraya at 30 years old because I've always been Paige 
or if I, I was Brittany Knight before I was even Paige on the Indies. Like I've been wrestling since I was 13. So I've been in the wrestling business professionally for like 17 years, right? But I've never been Soraya. So it's pretty much like I'm starting from scratch again, but it's not just wrestling. Like I'm rebuilding a career outside of that. So it's like, it's a lot of work and there's a lot of self-doubt, uh, like insecurity with some things and like, you know, and you want things to come quicker, you know, it's going to take time. But yeah, so just rebuilding myself from scratch again, it is a lot of work. It is a lot. Um, I feel lucky that, you know, I have the platform I do. But the transition from Paige to Soraya is uh, luckily AEW has a big enough platform where people are starting to recognize Soraya over Paige. Yeah. But outside yeah, of wrestling. When, when your name came up during your debut, I mean, the crowd knew exactly who it was. Yeah, I fully go, once they saw my face. <laughs> no, when like, they saw your name, yeah. when they saw Soraya com- came up, yeah. like, the crowd just went crazy. They went crazy. I've never had a pop like that before in my life. And I had a good reaction coming back the first time. Where I was like, I'm back, you know. Yeah, and that was crazy. And then, like my debut, just for the Divas Championship, was crazy. Even when people didn't know who I was back then, you know. But it just felt really good to have um, just all the support from so many people. It, it just it felt really good. I was like, man, they really did miss me. Because again, you get in your head a lot. You're like, well, maybe not. Because then you think social media is real, and then it's it's you know the trolls that that allowed us on social media. Yeah. Do so you think the whole world hates you? And in fact, it's just like six people with different, like multiple accounts just attacking you for no reason. And egg, egg icons, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like anime profile pictures, you know. Bunch of numbers after their name. Exactly, exactly. It's just people that, it's really is jealousy. And it's, it's hard to just ignore it. And I wish I could ignore it. I tell, it's easy to tell other people to ignore it. Yeah. But some, but some days is is worse than others. Like some days I'll just delete social off my phone and call Like right now I don't have social on my phone. And then other days I will look at it and then I get sucked into people talking shit. And I'm like, but I forget that all these people are being so nice at the same time. Like it's just human nature to pay more attention to negativity, especially in today's day and age when everything I feel like is so negative. Which social media platform do you think has the meanest comments? Twitter. Twitter is awful. Yeah. Yeah. Although TikTok can be used as a place where people actually do video. This is what I don't like. Is like, so for example, people will make TikToks on my boyfriend, right? Just be mean to him. He'll do a TikTok back and his video will be under review. But the first person who, who started the video that was bullying him is not under review. So I'm just wow. like, what is the deal? Yeah, like, like we need to change that kind of thing on on TikTok. I feel well, like TikTok shows your stuff to so many people who don't know who you are, yeah. don't know what you do for a living. So those people are I don't I don't know why it is, but TikTok's TikTok comments are so mean. They get you look on every video and you're just like, why are you being mean to this person? Like they can just be confident that day, like feeling beautiful today, and everyone's just like, you fucking ugly, and you're like. <laughs> Like let them have a day where they feel beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just, you. yeah, I'm just like, what? What is the? What is your problem? Like I would never be one of those people that goes out of my way to talk shit to someone. I, I will respond to people, but I'll never start it. But I will finish it. That's <laughs> How long after your debut did you realize that they were saying your name wrong on air? Oh my god! No, as soon as I looked at it, as soon as I looked at like a. Like Twitter, the first, well, I got a bunch of texts, first of all. I was inundated with a shit ton of texts being with people so angry that they said my name wrong. Like people get more angry than I do. I'm just used to it. And then I get on on uh, Twitter and just everybody's just being like, it's Soraya, idiots. <laughs> Excalibur is so, usually pretty good at like making sure that everybody's name is pronounced perfectly. So yeah. Well, it wasn't did he not fault, come up to you and ask? No, because I was a surprise from everyone backstage too. So it wasn't even their fault. And that's oh. why um, I even mentioned it on my Twitter. I was just like, it's not their fault. You know, they they didn't like get to see me beforehand. And so everyone just assumes the American way of saying my name is Soraya because of the way you guys pronounce that R-A-Y. Yeah. But the way I like to pronounce it is Soraya, like a ray of sunshine. Um, but yeah, I, I like I didn't get to talk to them beforehand. But after that, Taz, Taz still kept getting it wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> he cannot get my name right to save his life. He'd be like, Soraya, 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 for our commentary. I'm like, bro, come on. <laughs> Are you itching to have a match now that you know that you can? Oh, yeah. I'm dying to get back in the ring again. Like, I'm excited that it's not too far away. Um, I don't know when this will be aired, essentially, but I mean... The 19th will be, uh, of this month is November is going to be the day that I actually step back in the ring again. And I know there's going to be a lot of eyes on that match. So there's a lot of pressure to make yeah. sure I put on a good, a good enough match where everyone just like, okay, welcome back. We like that she's back. But there's going to be a lot of nervous people watching me too. Because I feel like a lot of people who aren't haters, they're just worried about me. They're going to be watching. And then you have the haters on top of that that just want to see me fail. <laughs> or her are going to be watching. And then the people that are just happy that I'm back are going to be watching. Hi, buddy. I feel like that first bump in the match, oh. is gonna, it's going to be a scary moment. But everybody, everybody yeah. watching, just everybody in general, it's just going to be, it's going to be a big deal. I'm going to be under a microscope that day. And um, everything I'm going to do, be, be doing is going to be scrutinized. It's just, I'm fully expecting it. That's why after the match, I'm not even going to look at social media. I'm not even going to have it on my phone because I'm already too much in my head to the point where I just want it to be good. And I have to focus on making sure I, I keep myself safe, make sure that Brit is safe, you know, and um, just the pressure of just having a match after five mm. years. It's just, it's just wild to me. It's just, it's a beautiful story, but it's like a... a Makes me nervous. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's so funny how you're talking about like how in one aspect of your life you're sober and then the other aspect of your life you're like, I got it. I delete this off my phone and then I bring it back and I delete it off my phone and then I download it again. It's like, it almost seems like a similar relationship. Oh yeah. Like, like social media is like an addiction kind of thing. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But well, yeah. Cause at the end of the day, I wish I didn't have to have it because it's essentially your business card these days, you know, like no one yeah. has actual physical business cards really anymore. People just go, here's my social media handle, you know? And so I wish I didn't have to have it from a business perspective. I do have to have it. And then um, you can't help but read what people are saying about you too. Like, I don't care what anyone says. No one truly ignores everything that they say. No one just doesn't look at social media. Of course you look at it. You can't help it. You want to see what people are saying about you and stuff. Um, but also you want to share, you know, parts of your life on social media too to keep everyone updated and all that kind of fun stuff. But yeah, it is, it is somewhat of an addiction. I try to keep the screen time to a minimum. Me and Ronnie do. He'll be like, okay, we should delete it off our phone today. And I'm like, you're right, we should. <laughs> yeah. So the past two days, we haven't had it. And it's a good thing. You don't miss it once you're off it. You just yeah. get, it's, you just, you just scroll at the end of the day. Sometimes you're not even paying attention. You're just scrolling, you know? Yeah. It's like people have forgotten how to be bored. Yeah, like, exactly. If you're, if you're standing in line at the DMV or something, the mm -hmm. second you get bored, you just pull out your phone and you start scrolling. Exactly. Or it's just like um, more people have social anxiety because they're so used to being looking at, you know, screens constantly or not being as outside as much as we used to, you know, when we we're younger. Or... Yeah. So if you're in a public place, a lot more people have anxiety. Like if you're by yourself in like a restaurant or in a coffee shop or like you said, the DMV, you're just like, 
you can't handle just standing there, just looking around or just like wait, waiting. You're just like, no, I shouldn't look at my phone because I feel yeah, uncomfortable yeah. that there's so many people around me right now. You know, it's just a lot of, a lot of like it's social media. It ruins a lot of lives. I'm telling you. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest difference between Soraya and Paige? Soraya is more mature. <laughs> That's definitely uh, a big thing. And sober. Um, the thing is, is with Paige, you know, she was. I'm trying to explain how she was. First of all, she was like, you know, this little emo girl, teenager kind of like, and like the angsty teenager phase. And going into Surreal, like I can't imagine myself being that character anymore. Just that I would rather be a more elevated version of that character, a more grown-up version of that character, because I'm not her anymore. She's the young version of me. And now I'm like the older version. Um, but yeah, uh, that kind of page just didn't give an F about anybody, not even herself. She just cared about outside of wrestling, party and stuff like that. Where me as Soraya, I focus on elevating myself, remaining healthy, mentally being happier. My dog's being crazy. Dog's trying running to around the house, chill. yeah. I'm so sorry. No, that's, I think this, this is great. It adds to the, it adds to the conversation. Yeah. So what's the, you know, wrestling's something you've done your entire life. Actually, you grew up in a wrestling family. Is wrestling like the only job occupation that you could even possibly think of doing when you're younger? Well, when, before I started wrestling at 13, I really wanted to be a vet because I love animals. I was a psycho. I would like leave the house when I was younger and I would come home with a different animal every other day. Like I was a nightmare. I stole the neighbor's dog. So there was this, um, this uh, couple, they, they, they uh, were the owners of the Chinese restaurant around the corner, which we love to go to. Her name was Emily. And she was so sweet. And she had an Alsatian. And to be fair, I didn't realize it was hers, but it was in her front yard. And like a psycho, I was like 12 or something like that. I was like, this dog is off its leash somewhere. I might as well take it home. And I took the dog home with me. And then Emily comes and knocks on the door. I was just like, I think Saraya stole her dog. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. And so I had to get the dog back. It was very sad. But then there was this old lady that lived up the street and I would always go to her house. And she always had like a ton of animals. She had like turtles, birds, cats, hamsters. She just had all these animals. She was just this lady that lived by herself. And so she had like this, you know, the typical overrun house of animals. So I would go there all the time and I would just take these animals home. Snakes, um, a turtle one time. I took a couple of birds home, um, rabbits. Like I just constantly took some home and my dad would just hate it because he was scared of snakes. He was scared of mice and both of them escaped. So we had a snake roaming around the house somewhere, which I found, but then the mice got out and they all bred with each other and the house was just overrun with all these mice. And then the council around the area had to do like this big, like spray down because everyone's house went overrun with mice. Because I decided to bring two mice home that were male and female. And they just was like pumping and going crazy. And then like after a month, they were just everywhere. Well, you could still be a vet. I could still be a vet. I really could still be a vet. (laughs) No, wrestling kind of took over my life. I mean, you're a wrestling vet, you know, veteran. (laughs) You've got so, I mean, you you could, if you want. I I could, I really could. But I feel like um, being in the entertainment industry, it kind of like sucks you in. And then you can't mm. kind of let it go, especially if you're a wrestler. You know, like Ric Flair, he like retires, come back. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be me. <laughs> Batista told me that it's like quicksand going back into wrestling. Oh, yeah. As soon as I walked out, I was like, no, I need to do more than just what I'm doing here in AEW. You know, so I'm like, I need to try and wrestle. As soon as I got that initial walkout, it was just it, like the feeling, the adrenaline just over. That, the adrenaline is like a drug. Yeah. That I say is like the best drug. Like you just get addicted to that feeling. Like you, there's nothing like I can imagine that's better than that. Like walking out and like, whether you get booed or cheered, it doesn't matter. You're making the people feel something in the atmosphere yeah. and stuff. It's just, it's just a really cool experience and you just can't get over it. That's why I'm saying like no wrestlers truly retire. We never truly retire. Everyone must be shocked when you tell them that you're only 30 because you've lived yeah. 14 lives already, I feel like. 
Yeah, I call my I call myself a cat because I say I've been living nine lives, but like I, I have been in the business a long time, and people think I'm older than what I am just because I've been in the business for so long. And I'm like, you don't think I've already had a movie right? made about your life? I know. I like I was 21 when Dwayne first told me that he was making this movie, and I'm like, a 21 year old is being told they're about to have a movie made about their life, like by The Rock. By the rock, like that is the, that is the wildest. Like I've had a really wild life, a good life, with some ups and downs, you know. But like I, I've, I have to be grateful for what I have. Like is I've had some really cool opportunities, and I mean, just having the movie, I should like a person should be dead when they get a movie, right? That's usually how it works. But not me. I was alive and kicking. And you, so Rock tells you, Dwayne, DJ, whatever you want to call him, he tells yeah. you that he wants to make a movie about your life before you had even debuted on the main yeah. roster. So it was the day before, and I've told this story a lot, that people need to hear it if they haven't heard it. It's just surreal. So like, obviously, you know, you're in NXT or FCW or whatever it was, but you go up onto the main roster for big pay-per-views, so you get to experience everything, right? So um, I was up there. Um, at WrestleMania and I was sitting in catering and then I get a text from my friend being like, Hey, it's DJ. I would love to see you at some point. And I'm like, who the f- is DJ? And why is he texting my phone? I was like, who is this person? And so Dean Malenko was like, this Dwayne Johnson. And I was like, Oh my God, Dwayne Johnson is texting my phone. This is crazy. Like freaking this legend is texting my phone. So I was like, okay. So I was like, yeah, I'm available at any point, you know, like whatever you need me, just trying to be cool, you know? And so he sends someone to come grab me. I go to um, his locker room. I walk in and then he was just like, hey, I'm DJ. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> this is crazy. Hello. I was like, I'm Soraya. And um, he was like, no, I, like, I watched your movie or I watched your documentary that your family had. He was like, I couldn't sleep one night while filming Fast and, Fast and Furious, which thank God for insomnia because it helped me here. Yeah. But yeah, he watched it and he just fell in love with my family. And he was just like, I want to make a movie on your life. And I was like, oh my gosh, what the fuck? I was just like, are you serious? And then he was like, yeah. And then I was just in the writer's room and uh, tomorrow you're going to be debuting and you're going to win the Divas Championship. And I was like, what? And so there was just overrun with this emotion. And I was just crying my eyes out. And he's like, handed me all these tissues. Like, <gasps> like you know, because I'm like sobbing. I'm just like, I can't believe it. Like, I can't believe this is happening at 21. This is so crazy. And so... um, he was like, but don't tell anyone. No one's supposed to know this, like any of it. And I'm like, I have to try and keep the secret. Like you're telling a kid to keep something secret. I'm like, okay, good luck. But as I went to walk out, Tamina was coming in because they're cousins, right? Yeah. She was going to go say hi. And then she looked at me like really confused why I was even in his locker room, you know? And I'm just like crying. And then she was like, are you okay? And I was just like, I'm just a really big fan of Dwayne. Like I didn't know what to say to her because I was like, I can't tell you why. You know, so I'm just like acting like the biggest fucking fangirl, which I was, but I was just like sobbing. So then, you know, I leave and then, I mean, the movie doesn't get made until like a few years later, you know, everyone went into production and then it nearly got like stopped completely because of the mistakes I was making so publicly, you know, and so like I need to get my shit together because I was like, if this movie doesn't get made because of my actions, I'm going to regret that for the rest of my life. So, um, eventually did though and it did come out and i did get my shit together and the movie was a hit did somebody tell you like you gotta get everything together here page yeah. so WWE really fantastic i mean they were helping me and they were keeping me updated and they were texting me and just just constantly like sending out like that olive branch of like we want to help you like let us help you and at the time i didn't listen to people because i didn't think that I could be helped. I was like, you can't help the person that doesn't want to be helped. And I didn't want to be helped at the time yeah. either. And so um, I was just going through a whole lot, you know, the first surgery, all the public stuff that came out, the videos that came out. And I was just at completely rock bottom. Like it was fucking awful time in my life. Like, and I said to my, I said to myself, I was like, I was like in a bush outside of Walmart, right? When these videos came out, like I ran out of my house and I just started running and I don't know why I was running, but I was running and I got to like Walmart and then I hid in the bush and I don't know why, but I just felt so humiliated that I was out there on the fucking internet for people to see and no one was ever supposed to see those, you know, I was 19, you know, 
And I just remember being so low at that point and saying like to myself, if my dad doesn't accept me in this, my dad's opinion of me mattered so much, you know, I probably wouldn't be here today Mm. is how bad it was. And uh, I remember calling him and I was absolutely just said, I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know, I was completely fucking heartbroken. I was like, I'm so sorry. Um, and he straight away was like, I don't care. And I was just like, what? He was like, I don't care. He was like, look at Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I was like, dad. <laughs> he was just like, no. He was just like, everyone does what you've done. He was like, you're just in the spotlight. He was like, so you had sex. If they're mad about it, they're probably virgins or they can't pull a decent bird. You know, is what he said. But he was just like, uh, he was like, who cares? And so um, I called my brothers after that. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And they said the same thing. My family was just like, we don't care about that stuff. We just want to be there for you. Mm. And so um, after that, I just remember feeling like a lot of weight coming off my shoulders. Although publicly, people would recognize me and say the meanest shit. Like Twitter was real life for a second. Twitter is not usually real. Like people would hurling fucking shit at me. I remember one time I was sitting at a bar with my friends and someone asked, like a picture or something like that and I was like yeah like can we get it afterwards I'm just like gonna eat my food and then totally we can we can have it right so I was in the middle of eating and then he was just like I only want it because you're a fucking porn star you know hang on one second can you keep the dogs quiet please my dogs are freaking out right now no they're just saying hello sorry it's, it's our assistant Willard is down there right now and they get very excited they get very excited Willard thank you so, um, sorry, they get so excited to see it. They like love him to bits. He's a great person, but they get extremely excited. But yeah, so he called me, this guy called me a fucking porn star. And like, it was the first time hearing it in public, like someone saying that to me. And usually it's just on social media and I have control of that because I can just delete it off my phone, right? Yeah. But having that in person, I like ran to the bathroom and I started sobbing. I was like crying my eyes out. I was just like, I can't believe someone said that to me. And I'm not a fucking porn star. Like, this is not who I am. Like, this is not what I wanted. Like, this is, the, you know, somewhat like I'm a victim in this. Like, people don't realize that I'm the fucking victim in this. People just think I put them on the internet. And I'm like, I would never. That wasn't even on my phone. Yeah. That stuff wasn't on my, in my cloud. It wasn't in my stuff. It was on, on my boyfriend's at the time phone. And so, I mean, I believe it was him. He can deny it all he wants, but I believe it was him um, because no one else had that stuff. Aussie Lobster, will you start, please? My goodness. Welcome back, guys. I know. They just like, for some reason, they were quiet for the rest of the podcast, but this one, they want to cause absolute mayhem. Hey, excuse me. Thank you. This is this is just a day in the life. Day in the life. This is why we need a rally show, because it's just constant circus at my house. But, um, Apologies. <laughs> no, it, um, and I, I it, you're in such a different place in your life yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I feel like that is now overstated by the fact that you're now working for a different employer. Yeah. And like, you you know, I, I never want to talk bad about WWE because they've helped me so much throughout my career. Even when I was going through drugs and alcohol, they got me therapists and stuff like that. Like Bob, who is uh, an in-house therapist for drugs and alcohol too. He would be on a call with me every day or whenever I wanted, he would drop what he, what he did. And then he would also get me um, therapists for my area of where I was living. So WWE has always helped me in that capacity and stuff, you know, and I loved my time with them. I really did. I loved it. I loved it. You know, I don't have a bad thing to say about them, but it is nice to um, be somewhere new and kind of start fresh. And um, because I am at a fresh part of my life, like I want to be Soraya now. And I want to be able to, because the thing that was, I made me a little bit scared to maybe go back to WWE because there was an opportunity is I just didn't, I was scared that I was going to be sitting on my butt again, doing nothing. And then not being able to go out and do anything either, because you need to ask permission and then they have control of what you can and can't do. Right. And so that was the thing that was so terrifying to me because I didn't want to stay at home for years again and do absolutely nothing. Like I'm 30 years old now and I want to be able to branch out and do other things. And so with AEW and Tony, they were just like, you can go do whatever you want. As long as you come to work, 
will be happy. And then if I have to do any TV stuff, of course, I would ask them or tell them what I'm going to do and what the incentive of it is. But they're always going to be like, you can do whatever you want. And we don't want a percentage of it either, which I thought was like a big deal. I was like, you don't want to take something away from me. Yeah. Like, you don't want to take my Twitch away? Fantastic. Because that was such a big deal in WWE. Not with Triple H because Hunter let NXT people keep their Twitch. It was the main roster that kind of got taken away. And then Thea lost her job over it at one point. And then she got rehired again. You know, it was Lena Vega. Yeah. And so I just, I just didn't want that to happen again where opportunities got taken away from me or I wasn't allowed to do something one week or the other, which I do trust Hunter with. But you just never know. I don't know who this other boss is now. Nick, yeah. right? I'm not familiar with him. So that kind of like made me a little bit skeptical to it. That's the only thing because with Hunter, if it was just Hunter, I'd be like, you know, like I trust you, but Tony just like made it so easy for me. Yeah. And he was just like, we'll do as much as you want to do too within AEW. You get to make the rules on what you can and can't do. And I'm just like, I love that. Like being my, getting to be Soraya and having control of my life. I'm like, I haven't had that feeling for a long time yeah. in, in work-wise. So it just, it feels like, it just felt like the right move at the time. And I know a lot of people were mad at me and stuff like that, but it was nothing personal like to WWE. It really wasn't. It was just something that was right for me. And I have to make the decisions for me now. You know? Well, now you're living in LA where, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities here. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunities here. And I just, re I realized as well, like Joy Lincoln, as I said this, but like, I didn't realize how, many zoom calls you have to take these days like before that before i could really like spread my wings and do stuff as soon as i left wwe the zoom calls started right because people were, were fantastic like all these production companies want to want to work with me and i think that's so fantastic all these publishers for a book want to work with me and i'm like that's fantastic and just like you know all these opportunities that i, I couldn't get before and now you know appearing before me it's freaking fantastic and it's all the hard work that i put in for you know the past 17 years i know that but also it's a fantastic team that i've built around me now that yeah. you know i'm kind of my own boss um you know with joy lynn and meech and just just um uta and just everybody that i have around me just been so fantastic and like just i'm just so i just feel so fortunate and i'm excited to build Saraya. so a book is that, what, is that what's gonna happen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so um a book. I don't know the extent of which I'm going to go with the book, like like uh, timeline wise. I'm like, do I tell up until this point? Do I make it like a few different books because I've lived so many lives and every story needs its own personal book? But I'm like, or you know, do I just go all out and just do this one book? You know, yeah, forward by Dwayne Johnson. You know, we're we could do a forward by Dwayne. Sure, I mean, he would be super sweet and helpful with it. Um, but like, I'm lucky enough to have that opportunity where like I could go to Dwayne, or I could just go to the Bellas or AJ Lee or just people that were influential in my life. Even like my boyfriend, Ronnie, my family could do the forward. You know, I just, I just have so many wonderful people around me now, like a really good community that like, uh, they can be involved in it. There's going to be a lot of people in the comments being like, well, when can we get this book? So I know, well, you have to worry. We're just getting started with it now, but, um, I don't know but a book could take one year a book could take two years you know i'm trying to be as quick as possible but i don't want to be i don't want to half-ass stuff too very meticulous when it comes to my story like i want to tell the nitty-gritty the dark side of everything that i i went through growing up as well as you know being a teenager as well as getting into wwe and what i was doing behind the scenes like i want and also the you know the year and a half that was crazy in my life. Like I want to tell the story of my addictions and the tapes and everything. Like I want to be able to help people and I want to be able to tell the story, the real story, because everyone has their assumptions and everyone, you know, can social media again, like kind of changes stuff and like it all gets mixed and like mashed together. So I'm like, okay, this is the story. This is what happened. This is what happened throughout my life. And, you know, you don't have to make any more shout. <laughs> I think what's exciting about 
where you're at in your life right now is you've got awesome stuff going on in AEW. Yeah. Also the potential for tons of awesome stuff to go on outside of the wrestling world too. Yeah. Yeah. The wonderful thing is, is that like, I really do want to build more so outside of wrestling because I really do want to have a career outside of it. Like in acting? Is that the Acting, just mostly acting. Like I really want to act. Like, so, you know, I do have like a, like a good important meeting coming up, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, and I have again the good production luck, company. The way, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do the docuseries, like because I know I did Total Divas, and that's something I would not want to be a part of, like that kind of dynamic again, where it's kind of just like a bunch of girls and everyone's drinking and people like you know, like the housewives kind of vibe. That's not me anymore. And sometimes I look back at Total Divas and like I cringe. I'm like, you know, like Ooh. but I was young, it is what it is. I, I drank and stuff. But now I want to do more of a docu-series where it's like they follow along with me re- rebuilding myself and Ronnie. This is about Ronnie too. And him, you know, he went through a crazy amount of shit too. Like we, we just both had like this mirrored life of just going through the most bonkers thing, but coming up from it and getting bigger and better, you know, and he's now headlining festivals and stuff like that. So he has such a wonderful story to tell and he has a daughter and all that kind of fun stuff. And then me just rebuilding my life from scratch pretty much or re- rebuilding my career from scratch at 30 years old, you know, and trying to make it as Raya now and just the whole rebranding thing. Like, I just want to do a docu-follow series like that. I feel like it could really help a lot of people, but they can also see like the real me as well, not just Paige, but the real me. This is all so exciting. I know. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm so excited about all these opportunities that you yeah. have in front of you. Yeah. Thank and you. Again, no, only, thank you so you're much. You're only 30. I know. I'm only 30. And like, I like to say only 30 because if this was like 10 years ago, you get to 30, like, and you're like, oh my gosh, she's 30 already. <laughs> you didn't want to hit it because then you're old news. But these days, like the, the world is more welcoming to women that are aging. I feel like women, especially. Because I feel like men, when they get older, like um, it, I'm not saying it's easier, but I'm saying you guys have a lot more longevity when it comes to the entertainment business. But nowadays, yeah, like I inter- I interviewed Piers Brosnan recently, and I'm like, my goodness, I would give anything to look as handsome as him. Right, You're like George Clooney and stuff like that, you know, just like you know. But then women would always be scrutinized as soon as they start getting like one wrinkle and stuff like that. Yeah. They would go into like playing grandmas and stuff. But now everyone's way more forgiving when it comes to aging, which I which I love. So um, the industry is a lot more open to women that turn thirty and are getting a little bit older because <laughs> I feel like I don't look thirty. No, oh, I feel like sober I looks it. great on you. I like, look, you're, you're like glowing. Yeah, well, being sober. People are, oh, by the way, this is what really frustrates me is people think I got all this surgery done, right? I got my boobs done. I got my lips done like four years, oh, actually five years ago. And you have to get them dissolved. I haven't had them done ever since. I get a little bit of Botox where it just smooths out the wrinkles, but it disappears after three months, you guys. It doesn't just stay there, Right. But people think I've had like a full facelift. I had cheek implants and stuff. I'm just like, I'm just gifted. I don't know what to tell you. I've lost all my freaking beer weight from my face. I don't know. I haven't had like, I swear on everything I care about. I did not have surgery on my face. Like I haven't had it. I haven't been under the knife. I haven't had any filler in my cheeks. I haven't had my nose done. I'm like, but people just assume. I'm like, should I be flattered by this? Or should I be offended by this? Like, I, I don't know. People are ridiculous. This is what, I mean, you just, you're not bloated from alcohol anymore. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what my boyfriend tells me all the time too, because he's, he's around me 24 seven and he knows I don't get anything done to my face, right? Like filler and hair and hair and hair. I get my Botox and I haven't had my lips done in years, but he's just like, people don't realize that once you get sober, all that water weight that you're retaining just like drops. Like you don't have that in your face anymore. Like you get to see your bone structure a little bit more, you know, and if you stay fit, you have to be healthy with it too, you know? So I'm just like, I wish people would leave me alone. And they're just yeah. like, just a different person. And leave Saraya alone. Leave me alone. Like leave Brittany alone. Leave me alone. And then also, um, I used to have makeup all the way up to like my eyebrows, you know, back in the day, like the deep page day where it was just all black. I don't wear that much makeup anymore. As much makeup. I still wear it, of course. I'm not wearing the crazy dark, super black like makeup either. So people just assume that I've had surgery because I wear less makeup too. And I'm like, 
you son of a bitch, just tell me I'm looking decent and move on. Or don't say anything at all. <laughs> as we uh, as we start to wrap this up, I feel like you and I listen to a lot of the same music growing yeah. up. So give me like your top five bands. So I love the 80s. Like the 80s is like my favorite genre of music. I would say Skid Row, but I got in a fight online recently with Sebastian Bach. Oh, no. He's an asshole. I was so disappointed. So this is the story, right? Sorry, I know this is not a story. I apologize. That's great. My, uh, my boyfriend was about to go and do this festival. And then his laptops like got stolen. He don't know where they were, but the laptops are so important because it has the lighting, it has the rap beats, it has... He since it has everything, right? It doesn't have his vocals and stuff on there. He's naturally so gifted with his vocals, but these laptops went missing and he, he doesn't like to put on half our show, right? So he was like, I'd rather cancel than put on a show that's 50%. So Sebastian Buck saw that and said that he's not a real rock star and all that kind of stuff. And you shouldn't have to use laptops and money. It's just wow. like, I don't know if you listen to my music, but I rap in my music too, as well as sing. So like the band can't just do these like rap beats, like popular monster. If you listen to that, you know, you can't just do that using uh, your instruments and fucking beatboxing. You know what I mean? Like you need those laptops for that and for the, the lights and stuff like that. So, and then Sebastian Bach tried to say that he never canceled shows, which he has, but he also said that he doesn't use laptops, which he does. Like there's literally videos of him with the laptops. So I don't know what he's talking about, but he just like decided to say that Ronnie's not real rockstar. Anyway, the whole of the music industry had Ronnie's back. Like Nikki Six from Kiss was just like, what are you talking about, Sebastian? Like you're so old and, you know, like so you don't have to gatekeep rock and roll. And Ronnie just became like this fucking like god in the music industry like talking wow. to sebastian back so we didn't realize how much sebastian back was fucking hated i was like this guy is a menace he got arguing with chris jericho yeah. for fuck's sake at one point like he is a menace so i tried to like write on his instagram like something nice like you don't realize like you know what you would use as like a back and tape so like for example when um aerosmith had like you know, like Welcome to the Jungle or something like that, or anything, or like even Kiss, they had like intros and stuff like that. They didn't play those live. They had like, even if it was like a CD or like a, a cassette, you know, like they had that. I was, but I was trying to say to him, like, it's 2022. We can use laptops now. You don't have to put in a tape and play the intro that way or do it that way. Anyway, he was telling tell me I was fake and that wrestling's fake and stuff like that. And I was like, motherfucker, I'm just as fake as your fucking hair plugs. You know, I was, going on. I was like, as if this awesome. I was like one of my music idols. Like I love like Sebastian Beck. He was my favorite, you know, singer of old, like not my favorite singer, favorite band of like all time. Because I can't believe I'm arguing with him. So long story short, he is not on my top five list anymore. <laughs> Sorry, Skid Row, you're out. You're done. Actually, not Skid Row, just Sebastian Beck. They okay. haven't used him now. So it's still so a Skid Row device. minus. I'm Sebastian. not going to hinder them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just don't listen to any of Sebastian Bugs solo stuff. But um, yes, so everyone has to check out Fallen in Reverse, of course. Fallen in Reverse. Um, going into 80s again, I will say Skid Row, different band, but um, I love Aerosmith. I love um, Queen, anything to do with Freddie Mercury. And Eminem is one of my favorites of all time, too, because he's such an incredible lyricist. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. That's a, that's a great list there. Yeah. 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 Wouldn't I, it be a number one on top of that music list though? I'm telling <laughs> you, everyone needs to listen to Paul Nimrobus. I appreciate how real you are, like how Thank open you. and honest and raw you are about everything. Thank you. I try to be. I try to be as open and honest as possible because people always try and take a deep dive. And I hate when people try and tell my story and it's not accurate, mm. you know? So um, I try and tell my story as much as I can for people to really understand. I hate misinformation. That's the thing that bothers me so much. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. So thank you for your time. Yeah. And I end every conversation talking about gratitude because it's such an important part of my life. I wake mm -hmm. up every day. I say out loud three things that I'm grateful for. So yeah. that's how I end every interview too. So Soraya, what are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? I'm grateful for my health. Uh, that includes sobriety and stuff. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my boyfriend and I'm grateful for my family. I love so, that. We'll Congrats on everything. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to see you back in the ring. Thank too. you. Thank you so much. I'm excited too. 
Please don't be too hot on me, you guys. I'm not going to read it, but don't be too hot on me. <laughs> so, Raya, thank you so much. Thank you. Isn't she great? Huge thank you to Soraya for joining us. Can't wait to see what the rest of this year brings for her. And then, well, we're heading into the new year here in like six weeks. So my goodness, what's 2023 going to bring for her and bring for all of us as well? If you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend. Take a screenshot, tag us. She's at Soraya. I am at Chris Van Vliet. I will leave you with the words of St. Augustine. I tweeted this the other day. I love this quote so much. The world is a book, and those who do not travel read only one page. Be great. Be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.